0: Hallelujah! Say with me once more, we're on, the move. we're on the move. Amen. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning we're going to continue on the Spirit of God, and this is part eight. We're going through the Word of God, looking at the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that God never changes. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, correct? Is that the Word of God? Yes. The Word of God, that means Father God that means Jesus, the Word of God, and that means the Holy Spirit of God, never change. They're the same. We change. They're the same. And so as we look at the Spirit of God in the Old Testament, we're seeing the the purpose and the heart of God working through His, His Holy Spirit, and God never changes. It's the same. The purpose and intent of the Holy Spirit working in the Old Testament is the same purpose and intent working in the New, only in a different way in the New. Now He's inside of us. But the purposes and the intents of the Holy Spirit working and moving upon the lives of individuals is the same. And this is why we're seeing... As we go through the Word of God, we see the consistency, the purposes of the Holy Spirit, of God giving His Spirit upon men and in men. Why? For what purpose and what cause? It gives us a greater understanding of the working of the Holy Spirit, who changes not. He was the same from the day He moved over the face of the waters and created all of this that we have. On the day of Pentecost, when He came into our, into, to abide in us, and the work He's doing now, He's the same. He's the same. Say, He's the same. same. He changes not. He's the, he's the, He is God. Amen? Now we look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, and it is the Word of God who teaches us. By example, by instruction, he we learn from the old, we learn from the new. We need to live the word of God, amen? And so all of God's word is important to us. All of God's word teaches us and enriches us in every way, amen? Bible says, these were given for an example unto us that we may learn, amen, bless the Lord. We're looking at 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, the book of 1 Samuel. If you have your Bibles, you can open to 1 Samuel this morning. We're going to look at three individuals this morning. Eli, Samuel, and Saul. And we're going to see the working of the Spirit of God. And we're going to see more. And again, the picture of divine order. Anybody remember the divine order? Hmm? Don't forget. Please do not forget. this is, Because it is Kingdom Divine order is kingdom principle. Yes, amen. It's, it's kingdom standard. Yes, amen. Kingdom of God. Yes. And if we take hold of this divine order and really grasp it and live it and 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 step into it, we are going to see the blessings and the power that God brings and pours out that is already there for us. We're stepping into what God has already provided. We don't want to step out of it amen you know you could step into a shower and have that water come on you and you can step out of the shower but we want to step into the shower of god's power and his blessing into our lives amen praise the lord in the book of samuel it begins that that there was uh elkanah and his wife hannah and hannah hannah was barren and hannah prayed she went to the altars and she was praying and praying and one time she was going there, she was praying in her spirit. Her mouth was moving, but there was no words coming out. And the priest looked at her and said, What have you been drinking? And she said, I haven't been drinking. She says, I'm praying in the spirit. My spirit is praying, and I'm believing God. Isn't it wonderful that we have a God who hears prayer? That we can get down and pray and believe God for the impossible, for the things that in the natural can't, we can't see how in the natural something in it is going to be birthed or something is going to come forth. But I'm telling you with prayer, when we pray, when we get on our knees and pray from the, our inner being and believe God, anything is possible. That's why God says ask and He'll do more than we can, you know, if we believe God, He'll do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so Hannah was believing God for the impossible. She was barren, but she was saying, Lord, if I pray that if you give me a son, I'll commit him and dedicate him to you for your service. And sure enough, God heard Hannah's prayer. And how many of you know God will hear your prayer? Not will. God does hear your prayer. If you pray believing, And so God heard her prayer and God answered her prayer. What a witness, what a testimony to the Lord that God made this woman who is barren bring forth a son. And she was committed, she was faithful to her promise to God. She said, God, if you give me a child, I will dedicate him to you. He will serve you all the days of his life. And sure enough, she gave birth and she named him Samuel. Samuel. And she committed him. She brought him to the priest Eli and she said, this child is dedicated to the Lord to serve the God, our God all the days of his life. So God gave her a son and what did she do? She, she gave him, turned him over to the Lord and said, your, your life is to serve the Lord. And so she took him, gave him to Eli the priest to grow him and nurture him in the ways of the Lord. And that didn't an end there, because then Eli said, "Since God blessed you with a with a son, and you gave him and committed him to the Lord, may the Lord bless you with sons and children of your own beyond Samuel." And God made her womb fruitful, and she bore other children. She wanted one. And God gave her more than one. God gave her more than she bargained for. More than she asked the Lord for. So we ask God for something in God. God is an abundant, extravagant God. I'm telling you, He's a wonderful God. And you see, God poured out. She didn't ask for multiple children. She asked for one to dedicate Him to the Lord. And God gave her multiple children. But her son Samuel... Was given over to the house of the Lord to serve God all his days, and he grew up. Eli was nurturing him and teaching him in the things of God, learning him in, in all in all the concern the house of God. Oh, that we we commit our children to know the things of God, to grow in the ways of the Lord. But Eli, Eli was a priest. And he had two sons, Hopni and Phineas. I don't know if you... But they were not good. Eli was the priest over the house of God. And he had Samuel and he had his two sons. And Samuel was wanting to do and wanting to learn the ways of the Lord, how to serve God Truly, sincerely. But the two sons of Eli had a different agenda. They didn't want to to serve the Lord. They used the office of priest to take advantage of the people, to rob them, to, to fool around with the woman, and they misused their office. They were abusers of the people. And God sees everything that is done in His house. And God will not turn a blind eye to the abuse that goes on in the house of the Lord. Whatever we do for the Lord, we have to do for the Lord, not for our own gain, not for our own desires or purposes, because the Lord is looking and watching. And the Lord helps, and the Lord gives, gives comfort, and gives strength, and gives blessing to those who do right. But the Lord does not turn His eye from the things that go on in the house of the Lord that are not right. And Eli, the priest, the father of these two boys, do you think he was he was blinded or deaf to what they were doing? Because the people started to talk about the sons, and where it says the word got to Eli. And Eli just kind of says, now guys, could you just please stop that? Now, do you think Eli loved his sons? Of course he did. He loved them. But what was his office? What should he have done? He should have rebuked them and corrected them and put an end to that. He should have had his sons at the altar repenting before God, but this he did not do. See, and God allows things to go on until a certain point in time, and then God brings an end to it. God gives plenty of space and room for repentance. Repentance is a good thing. Repentance is something that we should run to. It is a doorway of God. It is a provision of God to bring us cleansing and blessing. Repentance is looked upon by people as something terrible. But God says repentance is something wonderful. It is a provision that God has made to say, come and be cleansed and be forgiven and let me start anew in you. But Eli's sons did not come to repentance. And Eli did not bring them. He did not, he did not go to them and say, listen, I love you, but you need to repent. Now you can love your children, you can love your husband and wife, but we need, if we see something going on and on and on, we need to say that needs to end. You need to repent. We just can't say, oh, just love them and everything will work out. This is what I'm sure Eli was hoping that, oh God, you must love them because you didn't judge them yet. And I love them, and I'm sure that they'll change in time. They got worse. Wickedness and evil doesn't get better, it gets worse. And it came to the day when when God sent a prophet to Eli. You see, because, because Eli's sons were stepped out of divine order. See, God had spoken to Eli's father, to Eli, and he, God had blessing in store for Eli. His, his past was, was had blessing and prophecy over it, and, and God had blessings prepared for the future of Eli. But God sent a prophet to Eli and said, Eli, God has seen and said enough. And that God said, because your sons are continuing in this evil and you have not stopped it, therefore the promises that were given to your father, that were given to you and your sons are going to come to an end. And he says that you're not going to have a future. Was God cruel? God was just. God allowed time for repentance for them to get back into divine order. The sons stepped out of divine order and were abusing the people. That's not divine order. Abuse is not divine order. Taking advantage is not divine order. Loving one another, caring about one another, praying for one another, helping one another, loving them in that regard is divine order. Where the blessings and the promises of God are. We cannot be out of divine order and we cannot allow someone to remain in out of divine order and expect future blessings, uh, blessings upon us. So God sent a prophet to Eli and I'm sure it hurt, it, it, it just struck the heart of Eli. And God says, Eli, your two sons are, will die and you will be left without a future is what God said. And sure enough, because here it says in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 29, the, the prophet came to Eli and he says, Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offerings which I have commanded in my dwelling place and honor your sons more than you do me, to make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people? Therefore... The Lord God of Israel, I said indeed that your house and the house of your fathers would walk before me forever. But now, the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house. So that there will not be an old man in your house. Eli had so much that God wanted to give and pour out to him. But who stepped out of divine order? Eli and his sons. His sons were out, but he was out of divine order for not correcting them and bringing them back and bringing them to repentance. And because both Eli and his sons were out of divine order, Eli was a priest, so were his sons, but they were out of divine order. They didn't care about the people. Eli honored his sons more than he did God. That's what it says, doesn't it? And God sent the prophet to speak to him. And it says, your arm will be cut off, meaning your power. So who's to blame? God? Eli and his sons. Who robbed themselves of the blessings? Eli and his sons. God's desire and provision, God already promised, prophesied blessing, but they chose to step out and who lost, they lost out. You step out of divine order and you will lose out on the promises of God. 1 Samuel 3, verse 13. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 13. First Samuel chapter three, verse 10. 13. For I have told him that I will judge his house for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile and did not restrain themselves. They said, we got away with it. God didn't do anything. Let's do it again. See, God didn't do anything either again. And they continued. Don't think that because we step out of order and put our hands to stuff we shouldn't be doing and nothing happens that God doesn't see. God always allows us time to repent, time to come back, to say, Lord, forgive me. That's why the Bible has made provision for repentance. The Bible says in 1 John, if any of you sin, let him come to the Lord and who's quick to forgive. Repentance is there. The door is open. Come. But Eli's sons didn't want to come. They said, "We're having a good time out here." They thought, but they were cutting themselves off from what God had for them. So was Eli, and so God saw them, and He, and he did not, He did not, He did not overlook that. God doesn't turn His eyes away from those who step out. But although his two sons were out of divine order, yet Samuel, Hannah's son who was given over to him, was in the divine order of the Lord. His heart was wanting to serve God, wanting to do what was right. And so here his own two sons went astray, but yet this one son of Hannah, who was given to him, said, Eli, teach me the ways of the Lord. And so Eli, Eli, the first step in divine order is getting right with God. First Samuel chapter two, verse thirty-five. First Samuel chapter two verse thirty-five. We see in Samuel in the beginning here how divine order, what it is. Number one is getting right with God. Then I'll establish for myself a true priest. This is God's desire. That that He is at work in us to establish us to be true. God says we are a, a nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And so what does God want to establish in us? Just like he wanted to establish in Eli who was a priest, we are now a holy nation, a royal priesthood. Say I'm a royal priesthood. A royal priesthood. You are. You're a priest of the Lord. You are a, we are a royal priesthood. And so what do we learn? We learn what God wants and desires from a priest. Which was Samuel was a priest. Eli was a priest. His sons were priests. So we know what God doesn't want from priests. He doesn't want us taking advantage of one another. He doesn't want us abusing each other. He wants us loving, caring, looking out for, providing for each other's needs. Then I'll establish for me a true priest. He'll do. He's talking about Samuel here. He'll do what I want him to do. and I like what it says in the new in the new king james this version I'm not sure what this version is yeah and I will raise for me a faithful priest this is this is more accurate in this translation and I will raise up a faithful priest god wants men and women who will be faithful to him to his work that shall do according to that which is in what whose heart God's heart God wants to bring forth his heart he wants to work through your life and my life he wants to bring what is in his heart to pass through through us he wants us in other words what God is saying i want you to have my heart i want my heart to be manifest in and through your life what is the heart of god to set captives free to bring forth healing and wholeness to his people, he's concerned about us as individuals. Absolutely, no question, no doubt about it. But God is concerned about his people. To do what is to do what is in mine heart and in my mind. My thoughts for you are of good and not of evil, that you may have a a future and a hope. Eli's sons and Eli didn't didn't care too much about that future and hope. They were living outside the divine will of God. But God said, my heart is for my priest to live with my heart and my mind in them so that they can have a future and a hope. God has a future and a hope for you of blessing, of goodness. God doesn't want to cut you off. God doesn't want to withhold one blessing from you. God wants to strengthen you and build you up. And the key is to be faithful to the Lord, faithful to His Word, faithful to His heart and His mind, which is found where? In His Word. And His Holy Spirit makes it real to us, illuminates it to it, And I will build Him a sure house. You walk with the Lord and serve the Lord with, his, with the heart and mind of Christ. God says, I will build you a sure house. Meaning in this life and in a life to come. That's why Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. It's a sure house. But not only in the world to come, but in this life. God said, you build my house, I'll build your house. God says it's a sure thing. You ever see the commercials or you go and people are going to, to gamble and bet? There's not, they're not betting on sure things. They ever go, you know, growing up as a little boy, we used to go to the racetrack and, and people used to say, oh, there's a sure thing, a sure bet. Put all your money on this horse. There's no sure thing. The only sure thing is the Word of God. The promises of God are sure Hath God said and shall he not do it? Hath God promised and will he not? Bring it to pass. The word of God is sure. Be faithful. Have the mind and heart of Christ and God will make your house sure and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. will walk in the presence of Jesus forever. Hallelujah. And so the first thing that God wants from us as a royal priesthood, as believers, is to be faithful and to have the mind and heart of Christ. Because, you know, when you have the heart and mind of Christ, you are not going to go out abusing or taking advantage of or thinking more highly of yourself than you want, because Jesus humbled himself to be a servant, and that's why the Lord says, who wants to be the greatest of all? Let him be the servant of all. So when we take the mind and heart of Christ in us, we're faithful to the Word of God, we become servants of one another, servants to one another, to for your well-being and your good. How can I help you to grow? How can I help minister to your need? How can I help bring out your gifting and talent? It's not about me. It's about Him. And He is all about us. Bringing out the best of us. And so we see that number one, it says, I will raise up for myself. God is... The heart of God is to, to raise up. If nobody wants to, God will raise up. God said, if, "If people won't cry, won't praise me, I'll make these stones praise me." And so God raised up. He's going to take this young man Samuel, the the son of Hannah, who prayed. Well, that's God for Hannah, huh? Are you praying for something great? Are you praying or forgot to birth something wonderful? Yes. Godly, something godly. Hannah was praying for something godly to be birthed in her life. Are you praying for something godly to be birthed in your spirit? Yes. In your life? Pray. God will bring it to pass. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. He got, he submitted himself. Samuel was in divine order. He was getting himself, number one, if we don't get right with God, there is no other. There is no other divine order steps. We we've got to get right with God. How through Jesus Christ, who's our Savior, our Redeemer, and our Lord, who comes into our our lives so that we can have the what, the mind of Christ, the heart that when we become born again. What is, what does the word say? I'll give you a new heart, the heart of God, and a new spirit. Don't forget the Spirit. New heart and a new spirit. And the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. God wants us to live in that new heart. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. There's no lone rangers in the kingdom of God. God took Samuel, a young boy, and placed him under, some, under a man of God. Was Eli perfect? No, he wasn't. But he was the priest of the day and God put him there so that he learned submission. Eli was learning submission to the man of God. Learning about the things of God. Now Eli was not so much an abuser as his sons were but Eli wasn't 100% was he? He lost out. But yet Samuel was, was and that's why we have to be careful we're going to see this in a little while. Make sure you're sitting under someone who is filled with the Spirit of God who has a heart and mind of Christ who cares about the people. Cares cares about the people. Cares about the people. I will give you shepherds after my own heart, the Lord says. If a shepherd is controlling, manipulating, or abusing, find somewhere else. Don't stay there because your grandmother stood there. Don't stay there because your mom and dad stood there, your mom and papa. But if someone is abusing and manipulating and controlling, get out. Get get away from under that. Get into where someone cares about you, cares about the Lord, the mind and heart of Christ and the Spirit of God. Someone doesn't care about the Spirit of God, they're not caring about the heart and mind of Christ. As you go through the Spirit of God, as we see, we're going to see that the Spirit of God is given to assure that whoever is there in office cares, has the mind and heart of Christ. If you don't have the Spirit of God, and, and we are born again, we have the Spirit of God. How many have the Spirit of God in their lives? When you come to Christ, you have the Spirit of God. What is He there for? To make you feel good? To tell you how wonderful you are? To sing your praises. To make you see how wicked somebody else is. The Spirit of God is in you to give you the heart and mind of Christ. To serve God and to serve God's people with love and compassion. And to bring out your giftings and talents. So here he said, I will, I will judge this. Uh, he says, uh, My faithful priest who shall do according to my... And I will build him a sure house. And so he was right and with the man of God. First Samuel chapter three verse one, and it says, "And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days." There it says was uh, precious in those days, and there was no open vision. That word "precious" there uh, means that the word of the Lord was rare in those days. The, the translation for this means rare, and there was no open vision. In other words, what it's saying here is Samuel was serving in the house of God when it seemed like there wasn't much going on. Serving God means to serve God even if you don't see much happening. You know that you're serving God. You're standing in his word. And so, Samuel could have said, hey, there's not much going on here. Let me go to the next uh, uh, wherever and see what's happening over there. Maybe there's more going on over here. But Samuel knew, this is where God planted me. This is where I'm staying. I might not see much happening right now, but I know that God is here. This is where God wants me to be, and I know that if I stay where God has planted me, and God has kept me, I know that God is going to work mighty In the days to come. And so when you can't see many things going on, don't think that God is absent. Don't think that God is not present. Don't think that God is not preparing you and working out something in your midst for his glory and for his namesake. There may be quiet times when it appears, what we think are quiet, when it appears there's not much happening. Are you going to stay in the present? Samuel said yes. There's not much going on right now, but I'm staying here. This is where I belong. And he grew. And so he submitted himself to the man of God, to the place where God had planted him. And then in Samuel chapter 3, 1 Samuel 3, verse 7 to 10, he was growing. And he was he hadn't yet, there wasn't much happening, so he hadn't yet personally learned how to hear from the Lord, but he was in the process of of being able to hear from the Lord. How many of you want to hear from the Lord? We all do. Want to have an ear to hear from the Lord. And so one one of the things that God being in divine order is, is to be right with God, to be submitted to to the man of God, to be submitted to the church, to the body of Christ, which is God ordained and God set. Why does God set his body? Because we must be submitted to someone who, who, who who is in the divine order of God's plan. God said, I I will I, I am the head and the church is my body and I will give apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers to build the body, not to abuse, to build the body. And so Samuel did not yet, it says, Samuel didn, did not yet know the Lord, meaning... He knew the Lord. He knew the things of the Lord. He knew how to make sacrifices. He knew how to pray. He knew what the Lord's Word said. But he didn't get that that direct hearing, the voice of the Lord. I'm telling you, it, it is awesome when you hear from, from God and you know that you know that you know that you heard from God. not talking about an audible voice. I'm talking about when you know that you know that you know that you heard the Word of God. And it was a learning experience. How many of you know it's a learning experience? Say, I'm learning. To hear the voice of the Lord. But the thing is, our, the key is our desire to have an ear to hear from the Lord. And so Samuel, you know the story, that the Lord called him Samuel. And and Samuel got up and it says it says before the lamps went out meaning that it was still probably nighttime because the lamps would have went out during the day. And so it was probably during the night. He jumps up and he runs to Eli. Yes, father. And Eli said, "Huh? I didn't call you. Go back to bed." He goes back to bed. Samuel. He wakes up, runs over to Eli again. Yeah, father. What is it? I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And and then the third time uh, and the and the Lord called to Samuel again the third time. And he rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived. Now Eli gets it. All right. The Lord is talking to, my, to Samuel. And then so he instructs Samuel. Samuel, when you hear that voice... And sometimes we need people to, to, to tell us. When you hear that voice inside, listen to it. You know, and if it's in line with the word of God... God will, God will, and so he's learning. Samuel's learning how to hear from the voice of the Lord. And so Eli says that the Lord has called a child, and he goes up and he tells him. And so then he says, Go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. What is Eli telling him? Eli is telling him, Samuel. You've got to have that desire. And when you hear that again, say, yes, Lord, speak to me, Lord. Are we praying, Lord, speak to me? Let me hear that word in my heart. And not just for me, me, me but for the Lord. What is it, your your work in my life, your call for me, Lord God? What is, what is it about my gifts and my talents in my life? Yes, for your body. And so he says, when you do that, he says, say, yes, Lord, speak. Your servant hears. So God wants us, divine order, is to be right with God, to be submitted to the man of God, to have an ear to hear what the Lord is saying to us. Not what man is saying to us. Men will whisper with things in your ear, and men will prophesy over your life, and men will say things to you. But the key is, what is God saying to you? What is God speaking to your life? In the course of my ministry, I have many men come and, 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 and prophesy over me, and this and that. But my thing is that what they said to me how to confirm what God said to me. Yes. I don't want to confirm, I don't want God to confirm what they said to me. I want them to confirm what God said. You you get it? You get it? You get it? The key is that God, you got to have an ear, we have to have an ear to hear from the Lord concerning us. And then, when it's settled in here with you and God, then God will confirm it through others. And you'll know that you know that you know that this is where God wants you. And so hearing from God. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 19. Then, when you're right with God, when you're right, when you're submitted to the man of God, when you're hearing from God, then God begins to grow you. You become committed. You become to step out in faith and act the word of God in your calling. And it says in verse 19, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him and did not let none of his words fall to the ground. God, if God says it, that settles it. I believe it. If God speaks it, His Word will come to pass if you hold fast to it. And so Samuel was growing to trust the Lord, to trust the Word of the Lord. And when you hold on to the promises of God, to the Word of God, and live it, When you're in divine order, when you're right with God, when you're right with the man, when you're right with the man of God, with the body of Christ, when you're right, when you're hearing from God, then as you step out in faith with the Word of God, not one of God's words will fail you you will see the reality of God's Word coming alive in your life. His promises and His blessings as you step out in faith, as you walk the walk of faith, you will see the Word of God just open up and be real in your life. People cry out, Oh, but I prayed the Word of God, I believe the Word of God and nothing happened. Back up. Are you right with God? Are you right with the man of God? With, with where God has placed you are you hearing from god are you taking time to listen to god or are you just bombarding god, bombarding god with just what you want God wants to hear our pride our cries our petition he wants those but are we saying Lord speak to me let me hear what you have to say pull the plug on, on, on all your petitions for a minute. And say, Lord, speak to me. I need to live for you. I want my life to be used for your glory. Speak to me. God knows. See, God, that's why the gospel tells us, God knows what you need. He knows what the sparrows of the year need. But God said, if you seek Him, if we seek God and His righteousness, all these things will be added unto you because you're in divine order. I'm right with God. Father, forgive me. Wash me clean. I'm submitting myself to the body of Christ, to the man of God, to do whatever you call me to do, Lord. I want to hear your voice in my life. And I'm taking your word and I'm stepping out on it. And God's word says, None of he will not let any of his words fall to the ground. God is faithful and true. God says, "Believe me, walk if you." That's you know, and He says, and all and all Israel, even even from Dan even to Bersheba, knew that Samuel was established. Scroll that up a little. Was established as a prophet of the Lord. Why? Because the word of God was seen coming to pass over samuel's life how about you the people that are looking at you are they saying that they're a believer i know that they're a believer because i see god's word they're holding fast to the word of god and i see god's word coming they're giving testimony they're giving praises and and as as you take hold of the word of god and walk in divine order and god's word unfolds in your life people will see and people will say Something's going on that I can't understand. And they say, like Samuel, they knew that he was he was established. He wasn't an overnight success. He was established. Established takes a process of time. Getting right with God. Submitting to the man of God. Being there when even it didn't seem like nothing was happening. To be there and to hear from God. To take his word with joy and apply it to her life and live it and walk it. That's established. That's being established in the divine order of God. And people will see it. You will be a living epistle. You will be a testimony unto the Lord because they will see the Lord come to pass that He will be your high tower. He will be your defender. He will be your deliverer. He will be your healer. He will be your your redeemer, your provider. He will be everything, your El Shaddai. He is everything to you and people will see it. In verse twenty-one, then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed Himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. God revealed Himself. Why? Let me read to you. Turn turn to John chapter seventeen. John chapter fourteen, verse twenty-one. Then see John chapter fourteen, verse twenty-one. God revealed himself to Samuel. God doesn't change. God is the same when he was with Samuel as he is with you today, with us today. It says that Samuel heard from the Lord. He walked in his ways, holding on to his word, and he heard. God revealed himself. God revealed himself. God revealed himself to Samuel. Jesus says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them. He who is established. Samuel was established. He and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me. How do we declare that we love the Lord? By being in divine order, being right with God, being submitted to the man of God, hearing from God, holding God's word as precious and walking with it in our life, our daily life and keepeth them. He it is that loveth me and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father and I will love him and will and will what? Reveal. Manifest. God will open up in your life. Reveal inside of you in things and ways. Are you catching this? He's talking, Jesus is talking to his believers. He's saying, if you love me, if you love me, we just can't say, I love you, Lord. We can sing the song, I love you, Lord, and I live my voice to worship you. You know, we could sing that song all day long. And if I sang it, you'd run away. But if we sang that song all day long, it would mean nothing if it wasn't real in our lives." Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my word. And if we keep his word, we'll have the mind of Christ, the heart of Christ, and the power of God in divine water. And God says he will manifest. He will, In other words, he's going to show up in your life in ways that will blow you away. Samuel experienced that at Shiloh. God revealed himself to him. We're going to continue this next week. But you, you begin to see Samuel, Samuel, this is only the beginning, Samuel was in divine order. And God made none of his words fail, fall to the ground, and God revealed himself to Samuel in a mighty way. Now, God's heart and desire hasn't changed. God didn't change from from speaking to Samuel or her, his desire with Samuel and now in the New Testament, with us as believers, Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled, it's the same thing. God's desire is that we have the mind and heart of Christ to do His will, that we take His Word and hold fast and love it and apply it to our lives and walk with it. And God says, if you love me, and you, keep, you, you the way I know that you love me is that you keep my commandments. And also the Word of God says that this is how they'll know that you are my disciples if you... If you love, if you love, if you love, because that's the heart and mind of Christ, to love one another. God doesn't want me standing up here as judge and jury. You got sin in your life. Now Eli, because they were his sons, should have rebuked his children. Because they were openly, openly, openly doing something that was hurting the people. If you see someone doing something that is hurting your brothers and sisters, you need to tell them, stop, repent, love them, forgive, have mercy, have compassion. And so God calls us to love, to mercy, to compassion, to forgiveness. Divine order. God wants to bless our life. He wants to bless your socks off. How? Well, what other way can you say it? But not just to bless you. We're going to see as we continue, God's number one concern is for his people, his body. And God will bless us and work through us so that we can be a blessing in and to the body of Christ, the people of God. So let's get into divine order. Number one. Get right with God. Number two, be right with the man of God. Be submissive. Get together when we when we when we open the door of the church, come and praise the Lord. Get around. Gather around the Word of God. That's our life. The disciple says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. You, Jesus, have the words of life. So we gather around the Word of God to take it to heart that we can gain the heart and mind of Christ. Do we have the heart and mind of Christ? Yes. But God wants to expand it, enrich it. He wants us to grow in His heart and in His mind, loving one another. And again, being then we begin to get to that place where we hear from God. What God has called... What is the gifting and what is the calling of God for your life? What are your gifts and talents? What has God called you to be? What What is it in you that 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 God, Lord? I want to hear Your voice from my life for Your giftings and callings and talents in my life. How, Lord, can I use them for Your glory for Your body? Hear from the Lord. Hear from the Lord, and God, God will will grow you. He will establish you. He will make your house sure. Oh God, the blessings and promises of God are awesome. Awesome. These, we're just, these are just beginnings. These are, these are just beginnings. God doesn't want to cut our arms off and, and have us with no future. Well, like he said to Eli's son, God wants our days to be full of, Of power and blessing for his glory and for his namesake that people will look at us and say they're established in the lord they know their god and god knows them jesus said my sheep will hear my voice i know them and they know me hallelujah stand with me this this morning